Good evening, boys and girls. It's Scott Hamilton at the controls, and I have on the line, I just, I, I don't even how, know how to do a, a great introduction to this great musician and creator of some of my favorite music. I'm talking on the phone to a Frost Jim Godfrey. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Uh, like, fabulous. You know, it's, it's nice and sunny and warm in the Florida Keys. How are you over there? Uh, not quite so sunny, not quite so warm. I think it's about four degrees here, oh. and it's pitch dark, freezing cold, and very misty. Oh, well, you're indoors then. Uh, yes, no, I'm in my speedos, I'm in my speedos in the garden. <laughs> the classic British man, I'm just going to soldier on. He's going to do that polar bear thing. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> now, let's start off. Jim, how did you get started in music? Uh, oh. I know, hit you got. with a hard one right off. Uh, basically, I kind of, it was, it's all to do, if, if you've got an older brother... Do you have an older brother? Uh, no, I'm an only child, but I had older, you know, type brothers in school and stuff that introduced it's, me to music. And thing. Basically, my, my yeah. older brother is uh, six years older than me, and as a result, when I was kind of coming up through um, through little school, I was about seven, must been about 11 years old, basically he was kind of getting on to 16, 17, so he was listening to all kinds of music and bringing it back home and basically forcing it down my throat. <laughs> so I had to kind of fill up with um, Yes and Jeff Tal and White Snake and all kinds of different bits and pieces and Budgie and all these brilliant bands. And basically kind of just, it just, it kind of seeped into my psyche really. I thought, actually music, that sounds like quite a laugh. And then one day I was watching, um, there's a, there used to be a pop show on, on TV here called Top of the Pops. And right. There was um, Roxy Music were on, and uh, I remember Brian Eno was there in this sort of like spangly cloak playing a mini moog. Well, he wasn't playing a mini moog; he was just fiddling with the controls. I don't think he wasn't actually playing the keyboard. I remember looking at him and thinking, "That's for me. That's what I'm going to do." So basically, I sort of set about having piano lessons, which I hated, and then right. kind of after that, I, I taught myself by listening to Genesis records. Really nice. Yeah, well, it was kind of it was it was a couple of very very long summer vacations, right? Basically, I you know I didn't I didn't I had very, I didn't have that many friends to start with, and by the end of the vacation, I had absolutely no friends because I basically kind of just hid myself away for six weeks right. with my little keyboard and I just <laughs> play these little bits over and over again. Drove my parents mad, but by the end of the summer, I could actually play these um, some of these keyboard solos. I just took it from there, really. Nice, and we're having a little bit of a Genesis Renaissance over here with the box sets, you know, that they've released are really really nice. They are fantastic. They it gives it a, gives it a fresh lease of life actually hearing them again. When been, is it the remastered stuff and the yeah the remastered uh, both the Peter Gabriel years and the early Phil years those are my two favorite box sets from the last year the remastered yeah, surround it. sound yeah it's well this is it it's just that thing of there's such good songs you know in the middle mm-hmm. of all that dilly, 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 there's actually these brilliant brilliant songs I think that's what what kind of sets Genesis apart in many ways. Yeah, when I was in school in fifth grade, I tried to play guitar, and I've just got a very uncoordinated left hand, so boop, right into trumpet, which once you're in college, trumpet, I'm either going to be on The Tonight Show or playing for Muzak, and I didn't really want to do that, so I'm in radio. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Yeah, that was, it, I think trumpet, trumpet is just, it's probably, probably one of the least uh, important instruments you can do in terms of meeting women. Exactly, although so some I liked it. I wanted to switch to saxophone, though, because I could meet women with that, but never worked out. good. It's in the summer, and it's, it's guaranteed to work, I've heard. <laughs> so, so then we move up a few years, and uh, you've done quite well in the UK uh, producing and writing songs for pop and mainstream groups? Yeah, it's, it's kind of UK and Europe-based. I don't think any of your, your fine listeners will have heard anything I've done, because it, it, I, much as I tried to write some songs that would be hits in America, it never quite <laughs> <laughs> But then in 2004, you put together this group, Frost. Now, why is there a little asterisk after the Frost? 
Um, it's 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 actually we forget it's, it's like a it's a serving suggestion. It just it should be served chilled underneath. It should nice. Say. Just like <laughs> either that or it should say may contain nuts. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> <sure it's> gonna... <laughs> so it's gonna yeah. It's the I don't know where the asterisk came from. I actually I'm gonna say I didn't put it there. It was it it it, it kind of originally the band was just called Frost with no asterisk, and then somebody in a forum somewhere because because the asterisk has always been part of a kind of like a little logo that goes with it. Right. So I to put it there. Well, then on the so, artwork for the new album, you know. Each page is a different asterisk somewhere in a stained glass window or on a subway wall. Yeah, we kind of. Just thinking, once we did the, once we did Million Talent, I remember looking at it thinking it would be so cool if we didn't even have to, didn't even have to write the word Frost and people just kind of associate the asterisk with the band. So we kind of had this big old chat about let's just make it this big old sort of this big old logo that just doesn't even. That's why the album's got no writing on it, just because I wanted it to be this thing of the asterisk kind of is the name. So well, and it's it's brilliant album design. So. Yeah, well, it's, and, and unfortunately, uh, he never got a credit because obviously there's no writing on it. But it, it, it's, uh, it's the genius. It is Paul Tippett who does a lot of a lot of artwork for, for UK prog and rock bands. Over right. here. he's a genius. But what was your thinking in 2004? You just woke up one morning and said, "I don't, you know, I want to do something aside from all this pop stuff I'm doing." That's exactly right. I basically I was getting so bored of having songs with like two chords in them because a lot of a lot of pop stuff and sort of R&B stuff is very very simplistic not that's a bad thing necessarily but it's just right. very very kind of it's very um, what's the word it's quite linear as a, as, a, as a style of music and so I basically just went oh I've had enough of this God's sake <laughs> and basically just kind of and, and because because I was a prog rocker when I was sort of growing up I, for some reason a little switch went in my head and I went default and just thought a prog band that's what I need to do so how did you get all these famous prog guys from Arena and IQ and bands like that well, it was kind of, I mean, this is the irony, because I'd not really been part of prog for 15, 15 odd years, I'd gone off and done other, but I was actually, I worked in radio as well, funnily enough, I was the uh, big station here called Radio 1, who nice. I was working with for it. And um, basically, I sort of came back, not having seen what's happened to prog in the last 15 years, so I actually, I have to, I have to say, I didn't know who these people were, <laughs> so I just kind of, I just bought a load of albums and thought, now, who do I like? Who's, oh, he's quite good, and this this kind of, this guitarist that kept cropping up everywhere was this, was this guy called John Mitchell, who... Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know now. So I just literally, out of the blue, I, I kind of Googled him and found an email address, which <laughs> subsequently, well, after I, I sort of emailed him and said, hello, you don't know me. Do you fancy playing on this, this album I've, uh, I've written? And his response back was, how did you get my email address? <laughs> <laughs> so that promptly, that promptly disappeared from the place where I'd found it, like about, about three hours later. Oh, yeah. But anyway, no, he's, he's, he kind of, I played, sent some stuff over to, for him to hear, and he kind of he, he emailed back and said, actually, yeah, no, I look quite like this, this will do. So he came down, and we played, and, and it was just this sort of, we went to, we went to the pub afterwards, because obviously, you know, that's what all musicians do. Right. And uh, I just sort of said, oh, if I was ever going to, you know, might want to play this live, who do you know who would be kind of, who might be up for it? And his, his first suggestion was John Jarrett, as the best player from OQ. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, he's their mates. And he said, well, he, you know, John might be up for it. And then subsequently from that, Andy Edwards had just joined IQ. And I'd kind of, weirdly, I'd been following Andy's stuff anyway, and it was this weird sort of, like, the the, the stars all converging on a point. And it just seemed to, it seemed to feel right, really. So um, it was actually quite easy. The whole band came together in about a week. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, it's just we've sort of taken it from there. And with the second album, um, we got Deck on board, Declan Burke, who's our singer and guitarist, one of our singers and one of our guitarists. Right, from Darwin's Radio. From Darwin's Radio. And again, it was just, when I was doing this initial research of listening to all these albums way back when, when I was, before I'd started Million Town, there was a Darwin's Radio EP that was, was 
you know, way, I don't know how I found it. I, could, I must have just, <laughs> must, have, must have stolen it from somebody. <laughs> so basically, I kind of just remember thinking, God, he's got a fantastic voice, this guy. I'd love to work with him. Mm-hmm. And just parked him in the back of my mind. And then when we got to the second album, I thought, I know, we'll get Deck in. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's just been, it's been, been very, very lucky, really, with, with the musicians that have, that, have, that have been mad enough to want to work with me. Right. Well, we're here to talk about the new album because it got a November release in most of the world, and it's getting a release this week in the United States. Is it this um, week? Yeah, it's this week. That's very late. Sorry. As <laughs> <laughs> a matter of fact, it's probably today. So, um, <laughs> but um, you know, fortunately, the record company sent me the the special version with the DVD. I got to tell you, Jim, I have never gotten to know somebody as well watching their bonus DVD. I mean, the first part is a two and a half hours put together documentary of the eight or nine months it took you to record the album. What was it like carrying a camera with you, even to the toilet? I mean, the camera's with you everywhere. Some some good editing, so we didn't see too much. But uh, <laughs> what was it like having a camera in your life for almost a year? To be honest, in the toilet, there's not much to see. The zoom lens is... <laughs> Kind of, um, it was all right. Actually, I kind of the, the weird thing is now I because I've stopped doing it. I don't have it at the moment. I feel a bit kind of like I've, I'm I'm missing a part of me. Really? Because you kind of get used to it for the first sort of for the first month. I just I was feeling a bit like oh, I feel like a bit of a, a bit of an idiot because it was you sort of you sort of talk into a camera and there's no one else in the room and you kind of you do finish things and think what am I doing? Well, we're very glad you went out in the backyard and showed us the Christmas tree you planted 25 years ago. Yeah, well, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was, it was the previous owners, but it's now gone, obviously, and it was kind of... it was that, that genuinely was a Christmas tree, because we had a tree surgeon around. He said, uh, he said you know what that is? I said, no. he said, that's a Christmas tree. He said, so don't plant them. It's really stupid. <laughs> and uh, do, those Christmas lights were in your kitchen. Do you leave those up year-round? Because it was well after Christmas you still had them up. I've got to say, they came down. They did come down. But, we, but Christmas is just gone, so uh, some more have gone up. Ah. So it's kind of like, if you imagine the, ki- the kitchen's very, looks very much like it did last, last January, February at the moment. Very nice. <laughs> but, but then there's a whole documentary on going on the road and some of the behind the scenes on your tours. And I, and I just, you know, I was like, wow, I'm really getting into a band that I don't know a whole lot about. And boy, by the end of it, I felt we were best friends. Well, I think that's kind of, that was the point, because I think a lot of people, they don't really, I mean, I'm always the same, whenever I'm, if I'm ever a fan of a band, the thing I really love, I love behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you see sort of, you get DVDs, and, and there's always like, it's, it's literally the first bit I go to, and even if it's like a live DVD, I go, yeah, yeah, concert, whatever, and just go straight to the bit where they're all kind of mucking about backstage, because I think that you kind of, you want to know about what musicians are like, and what they do, and how it all works, and I kind of, and I just thought that no one, what no one had ever done before, they'd never done a behind-the-scenes thing before the album was actually even out. Well, I was going to so say, you thought, show us the calendar where everybody's going to come in each week and do their parts, and you, yeah, you and it was basically because this whole stuff was out on on YouTube all last year as well. Every time I did mm-hmm. one, every sort of few weeks, I'd post one up on YouTube, and it was um, the response was incredible. It was amazing. People just saying, "This is just no one ever does this. This is brilliant," and I think it really helped kind of get people involved in, in what was going to come out. So, I mean, never do. there was a few people that went, oh, it's not very good. <laughs> it's be much better than this. So, but then at the same time, there have been a lot of people that went, oh, this is brilliant. Because you kind of, people feel that like they know the album anyway and know us already. So I think it's been really, really, um, it's been a really good experiment. Well, the good timing, too, of putting like the bonus track of uh, just the two of you doing Snowman from the first album. You know, yeah. I, I got that right in December. I'm like, well, this actually fits, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, this is, I mean, oh, that was, that was, a, that was a very, long day that was about I over a year ago now we did that but it was kind of basically again that was Dex first 
introduction. So that was a kind of a well, we did that just as a little way to to kind of ease him into the to the chaos. Into <laughs> the chaos of frost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he did very well, bless him. So so far, the album's been out for a little while. How's been the response? Really good, actually. I have to say, I was a bit well. I wasn't worried is not the right word because I don't think you can, you have to just kind of do what's in your head and release it and you know and and then hope. I'll let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> exactly, either hope or hide. One of the two things. <laughs> so it's basically it, it's, it's been. I think the general consensus has been it's actually it's been better received than the first album was, which is good because I have to say that I think the second album is quite a lot better than the first album because basically I think the first album was kind of it's it's that sort of new toy. Itis effect. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of come out of doing loads of pop, and basically, I was just determined to play as fast as I possibly could for as long as I possibly or, could. Or as long. You do have a thirty-minute cut on the first. Well, album. exactly. This is it. So basically, it's all those. I got all that stuff out of my system. Like very long song, very very fast keyboard solos. Those, those, those. And I think sometimes that was a, a little bit to the detriment of the songwriting. Was with the second album, I thought, right, this is all about writing songs and you know and focusing on the craft of the songwriting rather than going. Well, I got to say, we had a hard time picking a song to play off of. We finally chose Falling Down, but they're all good enough to be on the radio, so we chose that one. But, and we'll get That's to the others choice. eventually. Sorry? I said we'll get to the others eventually, but Falling yeah, no, Down seemed to work. <laughs> well, that's the, I mean, that was the point. I kind of wanted every track to be... Uh, they're all slightly different to the other ones as well, and I kind of right. wanted it to be this thing of... of, of um, you know, it's, it's, it's an album that rewards a few listens, I think. I hope. Oh, yeah, you get more into it the more you listen to it. I'm actually getting addicted to it, and even the long cut at the end is only 15 minutes as opposed to the 30, but, you know, it still pulls me right in. Well, it's, gonna, this is, it's actually interesting. There's a bit, of a, a bit of a debate about this at the moment. Somebody, somebody said, somebody was a reviewer somewhere, I don't know who he was, but he sort of said, it's a rubbish, epic track, because it sort of stops halfway through. And another thing, and it's actually the point is, it's supposed to be a bonus track. I should actually have just given it its own track. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a two distinct track. One's five minutes and one's about four minutes. I'll just put a little gap, so it's my own stupid fault. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. <clears throat> Note to self. Keep again. those separately. Well, at least you didn't do... Remember back when CDs were first starting to... Everybody was getting them, and there's bands that will put 99 tracks of silence and then one bonus track, and, you know, if you were on shuffle yeah. in your car, it would drive you crazy. You'd got all these tracks of two seconds of silence just to get that one bonus track. Oh, I remember that. That's true. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody's doing that anymore. Apart from me, obviously. <laughs> well, tell us, what are the plans for 2009 for you and Frost? Well, we're doing... Um, the. the we're doing a DVD. That's the next thing to do. But we're doing, in typical Frost fashion, it's not like a normal DVD. <laughs> it's going to be in three distinct parts, mm-hmm. which is hard to describe, really. It's kind of, there's, there's going to be, I'm doing a bit on my own, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like acoustic stuff and sort of slightly electronic, but different tracks that we don't normally get in it, that don't normally get an airing, things like No Me, No You. And there's also some new tracks I'm working on at the moment, which are going to be released on Tinternet free. Mm. So basically, I was kind of just, and then, then that would be that phase of it. And then there's going to be a second stage of the DVD, which is kind of like a semi acoustic bit, but sort of slightly different. We've got, um, Andy will be playing quite a lot of guitar because he's a genius guitarist as well as a drummer. So we're kind of just, mm. we're basically just, we're taking the format of a live gig, but just kind of mucking about a bit and having a bit of fun with it. And then before that, I've got four tracks which didn't make it onto the, onto experiments, mm. which I need to finish. And which I shall then, I'll release, uh, as I say, I'll release them probably free via the website, hopefully in the spring, as quick as I can do them. I'm a bit busy at the moment, but as soon as I get a bit of time, I'm going to get stuck into that. <laughs> and then uh, we're doing Rosfest, playing Rosfest on May the, looks at this, uh, when is it, May the 2nd, um, which is, which is what, three and a half months away? Yep. So that's going to be good. So we're coming, we're coming to America. 
Well, I had to put that on my calendar today. I plan to be there. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, this is it. I've been giving America a bit of love because it's been brilliant. It's been there's been so much. A lot of a lot of our MySpace friends are uh, uh, sort of you know college college guys and, and just loads of America seems to like us. They do. Which is nice, and I actually <laughs> like America, which is brilliant. So it kind of it's a very nice symbiotic relationship. So it's, it's sort of, yeah, as I say, we're going to hopefully plan to, to get out and, and, and do some gigs, you know, on your, side of the, on your side of the pond. Now, now you're saying that you're going to take some of these songs that didn't make the album and release them free. You're not saving them for a third album? Should we read anything into that? No. I'm, or are you just, I'm when you get to the third album, you're just going to start fresh? I don't quite know when I'm going to do the third album. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm a bit, I'm a bit kind of, a bit worn out after last year. <laughs> but I think it's this thing. I think if I can release tracks um, free in the meantime, I think it's kind of a nice way of. I don't like this kind of feast and famine thing about bands. And this actually is an interesting fact about going forward from here because I'm not. We're at the end of our two album deal with Inside Out, mm-hmm. so I'm not entirely sure whether, well, what we're going to do next. Because I'm, you know, I kind of, I do see the future of the, the of music distribution maybe not necessarily being via record company so right it's I very becoming very downloader internet uh, based yeah days. but at the same time i mean maybe making it a little bit more homespun so releasing tracks over the course of a year and you know people can choose the best 12 and then i can compile them into a physical cd if people want to buy that kind of stuff or right just kind of i just think it's 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 this thing of i think Bands can be a lot more accountable to fans. You know what I mean? I just don't like this thing of, of going right. I'm off to my ivory tower for two years. I'll see you at the end of it. And right. I'm no, there's, there, there's a lot of bands in the last year, from uh, you know, from the Stephen Wilson to uh, Marillion to Nine Inch yeah. Nails, who are taking it on their own and doing it themselves. Exactly. And I'm very, I'm quite keen to do that. I have to say. So I'm sort of, I'm seeing how the, uh, seeing how the lie of the land is with with the record company, and hopefully we can we can come to some arrangement. Well, I'd like to play a cut off the album now, and I don't want you to pick your favorite, but I want you to pick one that you'd like to hear on the radio that probably doesn't normally get played on the radio. What would you like to hear? Oh, that doesn't normally get played on the radio? Yeah. I would, I would actually have said Falling Down, but you've kind of beat me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to pick another one. Um, uh, let's have... Um, oh... Love it. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's a good one. Jim, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. You are a, an artist like no other. I mean, you've got your fingers in many pots and to watch you behind the scenes and how you put all this together. I just can't wait to see what's around the corner for you. That's very kind of you, Sam. I hope to see you at Rossfest. Oh, I'll be there. So thank you very much for your time today, and good luck in 2009 with Frost. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.